A small boy and a big dream. Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, we're really glad to have you here. My name is Pastor John. I'm the campus pastor here. I want to welcome you, those of you that are uh, down here upstairs, those that are in the lobby. We're really glad uh, that you're here this morning. Hey, can we give God praise for our worship team uh, one more time as well? Wow. Awesome. Jed and uh, Greta do an awesome job on that last song. Just powerful worship. It's, it's a lot of reasons to celebrate uh, this morning. You saw in that opening clip, dreams are, dreams are powerful. Dreams are, are something that takes our eyes from what is to what could be. Dreams create hope. Dreams provide hope in a lot of different ways. The clip you just saw is from a film that came out, believe it or not, way back in 2006, uh, believe it or, or not, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was, uh, called The Pursuit of happiness. And it tells the story of Chris Gardner, who's played by Will Smith there, and his son, who his son in the movie is actually his son in real life. So they didn't have to try too hard uh, to act as well. So it's really cool, uh, really cool connection there as well. But the movie is called The Pursuit of Happiness, but I think it could be more accurately called The Pursuit of a Dream. The Pursuit of a Dream. Chris played in the movie is based on a true story that he's a, a single dad who's recently divorced, who's going through some really difficult times. He's been evicted out of his apartment for the majority of the movie. They are homeless. They don't have a roof over the head. They wonder how they're going to make ends meet and find their next meal. He's trying to provide for his young son. And what's so ironic about this opening scene is that as his young son is dreaming, as most young boys do, of what he could be when he grows up, a professional basketball player, that he does to his son what the world has done to him, and that is to throw water on the fire of his dreams. So throw water on the fire of his dreams and say, you can't, until he realizes that. I was thinking about that opening scene and the, the power of dreams uh, this morning. What were some of your dreams growing up? Maybe some of you, it's been a while since you've thought about that, or it seems like long ago, and you're like, come on, John, who has dreams anymore? Go back with me for a second to that childhood, that childlike faith that you had, that heart that you had long ago when you were growing up, and somebody asked you, what are you going to be when you grow up? What, what, do they, what do they ask you? Uh, I asked my son, uh, Caleb, our five-year-old, uh, a few weeks ago. I ask him on a regular basis because it's a different answer every time. Most recently, uh, Caleb is going to be a firefighter. He's going to ride dinosaurs for a living and talk like daddy at church. So that's kind of the, the career path that he's looking at uh, right now. What were some of your dreams growing up? I remember when I was a little boy, I, had also, I used my imagination in a lot of different ways. We would have you know, epic war battles in the basement or outside, or my brother and I would play baseball and imagine hitting the home run in the World Series you know, in the sandlot uh, next to the lot where we uh, grew up. I would actually mow the base paths, like shorter. I mowed the church lawn. That was my big job uh, growing up where my dad was the pastor, and I would mow base paths, the grass shorter, and then I would dump sand uh, from our sandbox in the base paths. I'm sure our neighbors love that uh, in their yard. But use my imagination in a lot of different ways. We would play, uh, instead of guitars, I, I don't know why we didn't have toy guitars, but we had tennis rackets, and we pretend we were rock stars, and we would stand on the couch and pretend that we were rock stars. What were your dreams growing up? What, what, what were the things that captured your imagination? I still have dreams. One of my dreams is to make it to the NBA. Whenever the NBA season starts around, I always think, you know, if the pastor thing doesn't work it out, this is my fallback uh, career uh, as well. So if you ever don't see me, uh, maybe you'll see me on TV. That's what I'm doing. But when you're young, dreams come naturally, right? 
because the world hasn't placed those limitations on you yet. It hasn't doused your, the fire of your dream with that water as you saw in that opening scene. But something happens as we grow up and we become busy, productive, serious adults. We stop dreaming. We stop dreaming, and I think nothing could be more dangerous. Why? Because dreams provide hope. Dreams keep us going. Dreams get us up in the morning. Having a dream creates hope. And if you've seen the rest of that film, you know that it's a good thing that Chris doesn't give up on his dream. This fall, I believe that God is calling us individually and as a church to dream again. Not about childhood ambitions, but with a faith in a God that is capable of doing beyond what we could ask or imagine. This weekend, as you've seen and the guys alluded to earlier, it is the official launch of our giving campaign, Building to a Hope Beyond. We've been talking about it for months. It kind of feels like, for those of us that have been kind of working behind the scenes, it kind of feels like Christmas morning uh, this morning. They walk in here like, the day is finally here. I'm so excited to share this uh, with you called Building to a Hope Beyond. And at the heart of this campaign, at the very start, I just want to lay the foundation here. At the heart of this campaign is an invitation from God to dream again. And I'm just going to say this. Some, we come from all different church backgrounds and walks of life. And for some of you, I know this is maybe your first Sunday here. And you're like, great, I finally show up at church and they want my money, right? We'll get to that later. That's not the case whatsoever. But because we come from a variety of church backgrounds, some of you maybe no church background, and this is one of your first experiences. But I also know that for some of you, you've maybe never been a part of a church before where you've been allowed to dream where you've been allowed to have your voice be heard for it to matter, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, to feel like you're caught up in something bigger. And now's the time. And I don't know about you, but I've imagined some pretty big things over the years of what God could do over this past decade. And this past summer, we were celebrating back in June, we celebrated our 10th anniversary uh, as Hope Des Moines, as this campus. And we were reflecting back and getting a little nostalgic on all the things that God has done. I was thinking about the dreams that I had when we first started as a church, the dreams that a lot of you wrote down that, you, that you've shared with me over the years. I was thinking about that, and so many of those have happened. <laughs> and not only have they happened, but God has done beyond what, what my limited capacity and what our limited ability to dream is. God has done even more beyond that, as our campaign title says. Marriages that were on the rocks have been restored and are thriving today. I have literally seen God heal people on the spot, in prayer, in hospital rooms, sicknesses healed, the chains of addiction, people that were lost and going down the wrong road. God has changed the course of their direction. Addictions have been broken. Hundreds have been baptized in a new life in Christ. Children and students and adults growing in relationship. We've had several people grow up here in the church or be discipled or had their lives changed and God changes their heart and now they're full-time missionaries sent all over the world. Lives have been transformed. I can go on and on and on. And that's why we've named this campaign Building to a Hope Beyond because we have a God that is able to do far more beyond what we could ask or dream. Everybody say Beyond beyond. I think of to infinity and beyond, right? Think about Toy Story, right? Kinda, you're going to remember that now, right? Beyond. God is capable beyond what we could ask or imagine. And so our theme verse for this whole campaign is based on Ephesians chapter 3. And let's read this uh, together. And Paul is writing this as sort of a benediction is the end of chapter 3. And whenever there's a blessing or a benediction that, that a, a, an author in scripture uses at the end of a passage, it's meant to be read with much 
fire and passion and gusto and oomph. Or for you Lutherans, oofta, a lot of oomph behind it, okay? So let's read it nice and loud together. Now to him who is able to do far more, abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever, amen. Right? I love how he puts the amen on the end of it there. I want to ask you a question this morning. How big is your God? When you think about the dreams that you have individually, but the dreams that we have as a church, how big is the God that you worship? What is he capable of? Or if you put God in a, in a, in a box that says, well, this is kind of all that I've experienced so far, is your God actually capable of healing and transformation? Is God capable of turning doubters to skeptics, those who are apathetic about church, as maybe some of you are this morning, and you're just here, and you show up once in a while, but church is sort of a thing in your life. It's not the main thing. It's just something off to the side that's one of many different priorities in your life. Is God capable of taking your heart and transforming that into a passionate, all-in follower of Jesus Christ? Is he capable of that? Paul says here in Ephesians 3, that's the kind of God that we worship. That's the God that we've seen at work here the last 10 years. And that this is not our first campaign. Obviously, five years ago, the Building Hope Together campaign supported the purchase and remodel of the building that we're in right now. We've been a mobile church for six or seven years. Everything we had fit in that trailer that sits on the side of our building. We'd set up and tear down and set up and tear down every single week at Hubble. And when we moved in here, I remember shortly after we moved in here, everybody was like, oh, and now we're a real church, right? Now, because we have a building. And I'm like, we were a real church the moment that we started gathering back in 2008 at an elementary school. Because Jesus says we're two or more gathered. It has nothing to do with the size of your budget, your buildings, the offering, who's up front, anything like that. Church is people. Church is not a building. Okay? But at the same time, God was moving, and we saw that this was, was needed to have this 24-7 space to do mission. I remember when we moved in here, somebody asked me, John, what's your biggest fear as a church as we move into a permanent facility, and without even hesitating, I, it just came out of my mouth that we would get comfortable, that we would be the kind of church that, that turns into a holy huddle and turns inward, because it's like, well, now we're here, and I've got my seat, and I, I know the service that I go to, and so that we would stop inviting people, that we would play it safe, that we would say, well, now we have this church, and so we don't need to do anything else, that we can just kind of hunker down and just feed ourselves and be a holy huddle, that we would get complacent, that we would stop inviting, that we would stop serving. I said all that. I thought all that. and like, but you know what? It's not going to happen. And here's how I know why. Because it's not who you are. Because you've never been a church from the day that we started. I can tell to this point, you're not here to be comfortable. There's a lot of other places that you could go and be comfortable. But when, we call, when we're called to follow Jesus, it's not always easy, right? Sometimes it makes life harder. Following Jesus doesn't make life easy. It makes life worth living. Amen? And that's why we follow Jesus, because he changes our lives, and I know that's why you're here. I can still tell that you're not primarily here because it's easy. After our 11 o'clock service, it's funny to watch the, the folks that are here for that service. They know we have two more classes to go uh, on Sundays, and so they just hop up, and like without even thinking, they're just like trained. Well, it's time to pick up the chairs, right? It's like we're still in that mode as well. It's not always easy to be the church, but man, is it worth it to be the church. And so this campaign that we're embarking on now, Building to a Hope Beyond, is painting a picture of what God can do, particularly through the power and the tool 
Notice I said a tool. It's not the main thing, but the tool of having adequate facilities. And if there is any doubt, if some of you are thinking like, well, yeah, we can do church in a lot of different ways, and that, that's right, that's true, but God has done some pretty incredible things just in the last four years since we moved into this facility. With just some highlights. Here's just a snapshot of some of the things that God has done. Worship has grown an average of 16% every year, 79% in the last four years. That's pretty crazy. So thank you for being that kind of a church. There's not a, a weekend that goes by that I don't have people coming up to me and say, this is my friend, this is my neighbor, this is my coworker, this is my family member that I've been praying for, and they're here. That keep, keep inviting to worship. That's why that happens. We've added up kind of an approximate number of all the, just the last four years, adults that have been in small groups or taken a class, over 700, 400 plus kids at vacation Bible school. Student ministry did not exist four years ago, and now this place is hopping on Wednesday nights with over 40 kids. Uh, you can read the statistics as it goes uh, down over and over and over. The launch of Hope Downtown uh, Preschool, which you see there in the bottom right, uh, the picture with over 60 kids again uh, this year, paying off $1.6 million in debt, which is the reason that we can even do this campaign. Uh, we're super excited about that. Yeah, praise God. Uh, a number that I didn't put up there is 400000 That's the number of donut holes that your kids have eaten in the last four years. <laughs> That didn't quite uh, make the list uh, up there. But the one that I'm most excited about is that bottom number. Over 200 people have been, not just cute little babies up here. That's pretty awesome. But you, adults, people up the river, up here for worship, spontaneous, planned, whatever it is, over 200 adults have been baptized in a new life in Christ. That is worth clapping about. Can we give God praise for that? That is awesome. We're so thankful for that. And so it'd be really easy to stop there, right? It'd be really easy to say, well, We've got our church home. We're good. I don't need to give anymore. I don't need to serve anymore. I don't need to grow anymore. But that's not the kind of God that we serve. Go back to the verse again from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is this. Let's read it nice and loud together. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Paul didn't have to just say beyond. He wrote abundantly beyond. It might seem a little redundant, but he's trying to make a point. Here's the truth that Paul is trying to convince you of this morning. If Paul was standing up here this morning, he would look you right in the eyes and he would say, do you know that there's more with God? Do you know that there's always more with God? If you think that your current experience of church and Christianity is it, there's more. If you're feeling, some of you are feeling stuck this morning, some of you are a little lost and you're wandering and you're doubting and you're wondering what you believe. Maybe you're confused this morning. Some of you might even have had a bad experience with the church at some point and you're hurt. There's more. There's more beyond, Paul says. If you're feeling a little apathetic this morning or comfortable or complacent, Paul says there's more. He's just echoing Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. God says this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God says, I am doing a new thing. And I believe that God wants to do something new in our church. And I think that he's going to do it in a way that he hasn't done it before. Some of us, the biggest obstacle to moving forward in our faith is not the obstacles that lie in front of us. It's letting go of the way that we think that God needs to move because that's how he moved in the past. God says, no, 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 there's more. There, I, I'm working beyond what you can ask or imagine. I might work in a different way. We just finished up a series on the Old Testament and Moses. The way that God moved at one point is that he split the waters. But if you keep reading in that story, the next time that God shows up, God shows up and instead of 
removing the obstacle of the water, God, the obstacle actually becomes the provision. And God brings up water out of a rock. That's because God never does the same thing the same way twice. God provides in a lot of different ways, and he is going to do a new thing. Some of you think that your best days are behind you. And God says, there's more. God says, I've already been to your future. (laughs) And I'm just waiting for you to join me. (laughs) Because you're stuck living in the past. Some of you are kind of in that season of being empty nesters and you think, well, my work for the kingdom is done. No, it's not. Actually, your most important work is now. Your best years are ahead of you. Some of you experienced God in a very, very powerful way many, many years ago on a mission trip or in some other church or a Bible study or a prayer meeting or a worship service. You're like, well, that was it. I reached the top. I reached the mountaintop. God says, no, I've been to your future and I'm waiting for you to join me there because I'm doing something new. Don't settle for your current experience of God. Why? Because there is more. Some of you are stuck in your past and you think, well, I got to get back to that. God says, I'm doing something more. You got, you got to let it go. It's time to let it go. I'm doing a new thing, and I don't want you to miss this. And because of that, I believe that our best days are ahead of us. What's next with God is always better. (laughs) What's next with God is always better. There's something more than what you're experiencing right now. And I believe that we're just getting started. God is just getting started. Elbow your neighbor, make sure they're awake right now, and say, neighbor, we're just getting started. Tell them that right now. We're just getting started. Jeez, I didn't say tell them your life story. I just said give you one thing to say. You're a chatty group. So why are we doing a campaign? You're like, okay, John, that's great. And a lot of you are new to this whole campaign thing. Maybe you're new to the idea of a campaign. So why are we doing that? And really, why are we doing a second campaign in five years? Some of you are like, John, this is nuts. It's a little nuts. But so is following Jesus. It doesn't completely make sense all the time. It pulls us out of our comfort zone. So why are we doing this? So I'm going to write... Uh, building to a hope beyond, and that's our campaign. Why, why are we doing that? And I'm going to kind of split it into reasons uh, that we shouldn't do a campaign and reasons that we are doing the campaign. So first of all, what are some reasons, what are not some reasons that we're doing a campaign? A lot of people, uh, just to kind of blow up some myths here this morning, essentially, some people are thinking, well, John, is the, is the church in some sort of, you know, financial trouble? I mean, is that why we're doing this? And this is just sort of a uh, kind of an undercover way to, to, to get more money because we're not doing... No, actually, it's not. There's, there's no special scheme here to, to, to gimmick to cover up some bigger issue that we're having or something like that. We're in a really good place financially. You're a very generous church. We're financially independent. We don't rely on Hope West Des Moines or any other campus. We've been financially independent uh, about a year and a half in, actually, believe it or not, because you're a very, very generous Church, and we're not trying to have some gimmick to, to cover up some other issue, but this campaign is to give above and beyond your normal tithe. And, but we're saying that straight out. A giving campaign is completely different for that. So no, we're not in some sort of financial trouble. We're actually doing really, really well. Some people will say, oh, John, I get it. You know, Hope is this big mega church, and so we just feel like we're going to be a better church if we have more buildings, and then people can drive by and say, wow, look at how big Hope Des Moines is. They must be doing great. So that, you know, bigger buildings will just make us a, uh, we just want to be a better church. That's why we're doing this. Well, here's kind of the harsh reality. You can have big buildings. You can have thousands of people at your church and be unhealthy. Because the size of our buildings doesn't necessarily mean the depth of our love. 
and the size of our outreach to the city. I'd rather be known as a church that loves really well than a church that has big buildings. Amen? It's not one or, it doesn't, yeah, praise God. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be one or the other. But here's the kind of the cool analogy I want you to think of. As we're building up, let's put our roots down deep, right? Because what enables buildings to stand as a strong foundation and what's even below the foundation? Digging down deep, right? And so during these next four weeks, I believe that as we're building, God wants us to actually do some excavating. God wants to do some work in our lives as we put our roots down deep in his love. So no, it's not about being better. It's about being more effective for the kingdom. Some of you are like, okay, John, I get it. You know, I've been a part of some churches before, and now I thought Hope Des Moines was different, but now I've been coming for a while, and I've just been waiting, you know, for the, you know, coming and smacking me across the head, and like, here we go. Uh, churches are just in it for the money. I've just been waiting for the hammer to drop, and here it is. I, I want to make this super clear at the very beginning. God wants your heart way more than he wants your money. And we need to give way more than God needs our money. He doesn't need anything. He's got everything. But learning to give and let go creates a sense of freedom because money gets its hooks in us. And it becomes a stress and an anxiety and something that can control us. That's why Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell combined. Because he knows how it can derail us and get us off track. No, we're not just in it for the money. God wants your heart because he knows if he gets your heart, money will follow. God doesn't need our money, but it is an act of discipleship. And when God has our heart, everything else becomes worship. That's why you're going to see on your commitment card in your packet that you'll pick up at your neighborhood open house, there's a commitment card in there. Where, yeah, you can write for some of you that are able to give financially, but some of you aren't. And we're going to talk more about this in a couple weeks. And that's why on that card it'll say, my treasure, like your financial gift, to the campaign, but it also say my time and my talent. And hundreds of you filled that out last time. Praise God for that. And because of that, over 75% of the renovations that you see in this building were done by you, those that gave their time and their talent, which is just as valuable as your treasure. One's not more important than the other. You are just as much a part of this. This is not about money. This is about what God wants to do in and through us. So don't misunderstand. This is not a money grab. This is an all play. It's for everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. Tell them that right now. This is for you. Just remind them, this is for you, right? We don't worship money. We worship God. And if you're like, okay, this is a big old plan to talk about money. If you think that I enjoy talking about money, you should come back in two weeks and watch me sweat through my suit coat to how much I enjoy talking about money, okay? That is not the case whatsoever. But for us to ignore talking about our money and possessions is to ignore a large part of Jesus' teaching. And that would not be good leadership on our part as a church. Instead, I believe that Jesus wants to set us free. So those are not the reasons that we're doing a campaign. Why are we doing a campaign? First and foremost, because we're on a mission from God. Everybody say mission. We're on a mission from God. It's not our own mission. It's not our own agenda. And that mission isn't done. Some people say, oh, we need a big, you know, bigger campuses. Why do we need to do that? Isn't hope big enough already? Some of you that maybe prefer a smaller church, I've heard a few of you say, I prefer that. Isn't hope big enough already? And my, my response is big enough for who? Big enough for who? For our preferences and our convenience and what we want in a church? Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read this together. This is how Paul talks about growth. He says this, 
So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Only God who makes things grow. God makes the church grow. And our job as his followers isn't to restrict that or stand in the way, but simply be faithful to the mission that he's given us. And at the end of the day, when it comes to churches, you've heard me say this before, bigger is not better. Hear me say that. Bigger is not better. Smaller is not better. Better is better. And by better, we mean more effective for the kingdom of God to connect people with the love of Jesus Christ. What could be more important than that, right? Nothing. Nothing. And if this week in our nation and our world is not an indication that we need Jesus more than ever, sometimes I just want to write on all my social media, Jesus, anytime you want to come back now would be great. Right? That's just my heart. It's just like enough is enough, right? Of the hatred and the violence. Like, doesn't just something in you go, we need something more. We've tried to do this whole thing without Jesus at the very center of our lives. And this isn't about just good morals or values as a nation. We need Jesus. He's the one that can change lives. He's the one that can transform human hearts. We need Jesus more than anything. And, our, and that's why in our mission statement, it's like this is what we're about as a church. Everything that we're going to do the next four weeks in this campaign points to our mission statement. Let's read it together. To reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Let's try it again with a little bit more oomph. And sometimes I worked at Bible camp, so everything has actions. Everybody, take out your arms like this, okay? Don't hit the person in front of you, all right? So repeat after me. Reach out to the world around us. Okay. Okay, boys and girls, let's try again. All right? Repeat after me. Reach out to the world. <laughs> I'll say it first and then you repeat it, okay? Reach out to the world around us. There you go. And share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. See, now you'll remember it. Okay, you got it. You learned something. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. There you go. That is our mission, and our mission is not done because there are still tens and thousands of people in the greater Des Moines metro area that don't know Jesus and don't have a church home. That's why we're doing this campaign. That's why we're renovating buildings. That's why we're transforming the neighborhood, and that's why we're doing a giving campaign is because nothing matters more than connecting people with the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That is the main mission of why we're doing this, right? So that's, that's reason number one. The second reason is... We're growing. Everybody say growth. growth. We're growing, and he healthy churches grow. We're out of space in a lot of ways. There's no other way uh, to say it. And I hope that you know that we're a church that's desiring to grow deep and wide, deep in our love and our discipleship and wide in our outreach and our evangelism and the number of people that are coming. A lot of you, and you're there today, whether you're upstairs or in the back, have had the joy of sitting outside the restrooms uh, back there. Uh, that's awesome, but that's not our plan uh, forever. Jen, our hospitality coordinator, came up to me a few weeks ago uh, when we, 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 our maximum capacity, if everybody's there and you're back there and back to the wall is about 240, 250. A few weeks ago, we had 340 people at one service. 
in this. And so there was, I had to stand on this side of the stage because there's literally people that can't see when we get around into the lobby. I was, it's not just on the weekends. I was here a couple Wednesday nights ago for student ministry, and I walked up to our office, and there's a group of junior high boys w- with the leader uh, in their group. There's a group of junior high boys in our confirmation program that are having their small group breakout in our offices. Because there's no room on Wednesday nights. We can't do multiple things at the same time. And so the campaign's not just for this new building that's to our north, but also to do some needed renovations in our existing space as well. And that lands us here today, building to a hope beyond. So we had the vote a few weeks ago, and since then we have been hitting it hard. The last three weeks we've had a volunteer-led campaign team uh, of around 50 people just like you from the, from the, the congregation, whether than spending thousands of dollars on some professional marketing firm or something like that. We're doing it ourselves, and they've been praying, uh, praying and preparing, and that team is led by volunteer campaign directors. And so that's Mark and Lori Nelson, a couple from our church here, as well as Mike and Mimi Reed. And so Mike and Mimi are here this morning. You're going to hear from the Nelsons in a few weeks, but I'm going to invite up uh, Mike and Mimi to tell you a little bit more uh, about the campaign as well. So why don't you... So obviously, there's a lot of different ideas out there about campaigns, and so I wanted you to hear it uh, from Mike and Mimi uh, specifically, uh, as they've been here for a while, and they've been through uh, a few of these uh, as well. So just to give uh, everybody an idea of who you guys are, just share, share a little bit about uh, yourselves and uh, just your experience here at Hope and how you got connected uh, at Hope to get started. Perfect. Yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Mimi Reed. This is my husband, Mike. Yes. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, we're excited to be up here and talk with you about the good work that God's doing in our hearts with Hope Des Moines. And I just have to say, we love this church. So we've got two boys, Alex, who is 13, a preteen, kind of crazy, and like a little (laughs) Carter who's back sitting with um, some of you guys because you all love him and take care of him. Um, In the number you mentioned, 200,000 or 400,000 donut holes, I think our kids have eaten probably half of those, probably. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to take a step back, why do we love Hope Des Moines? So Mike and I, before we even met, we were going out to Hope West Des Moines, which is also an awesome um, branch of Hope Des Moines, and we had gone on mission trips through Hope, and we loved that, and we loved the experience that we got to have through those mission trips, and we really wanted to have that that experience more day to day. But like many of you, Mike and I both work. We've got kids. Life is crazy. And one day, we had Pastor John come mm-hmm. and preach in West Des Moines, and we were intrigued by what he was talking about with the missional focus, the focus on the city, and we loved what we were hearing. So we came to Hope Des Moines to check it out, and as with many things that God is funny about, we came with the intention of helping. Um, but instead, God changed in our hearts through Hope Des Moines. Um, he's moved and helped us grow spiritually as individuals, as a couple, as a family, and many of you are our friends and our family and people that we call to when we're hurting and need prayer requests and are rejoicing. So we love you guys, and we want anyone who's a child of God who does not have a church home to have a glimpse of that too. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Mimi. So obviously, as we're diving into this, you guys have been a part of Hope Des Moines for a while. You've, you've been through a campaign uh, already just five years ago. So as you think about that, I think a lot of people just when they hear giving campaign, they think, oh, money, and I, I'm not really in a place to do that. And so we kind of get limited in our understanding of what that is. And so 
Mike, from your perspective, what, how do we think bigger about the campaign? What, what have you guys experienced through being involved with that in the past? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to try to do is, is limit that. I mean, just, just kind of put that, that notion that it's about the building, it's about the money. Yeah. Just put that aside because that's really not the goal of the campaign. Sure, we're trying to um, expand our space, and God's going to work regardless of, of what that looks like. Yeah. But um, I, I th I, as I've kind of prayed about this, as we've prayed about it together, I mean, transformation is the word that kind of kept coming up. And it's, mm. you know, you're, you're sitting in a product of transformation <laughs> that was an old car dealership. Yeah. You know, God's going to do the same thing. He makes, he makes old things new, and we've seen mm. that um, in buildings, but more importantly, we've seen it in people. Yeah. And, um, and so I think, I think if you just uh, let God kind of just let that soak into you. I, I think that's really what the core of this campaign is all about is, is transformation, the transformation that we've seen and the transformation that we've yet to see. Yeah. Um, God wants to grow your faith through this process, like John said, way more than he wants your money. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that's really, as, as a couple, as, as we really, um, we're passionate about, about being involved in it. it yeah. it's, it's about that, so. Absolutely, that's awesome. So as you guys think about Obviously, there's some people that are here today, and this is the first time they're hearing about this, maybe, or this is a brand new experience for them. What would you say to just encourage people uh, to get involved? Obviously, uh, there's not a person that I talk to that probably doesn't say in one way, I'm just really busy. We have a lot going on. We're in a busy season. Maybe this isn't a good time. I don't need one more thing to do or go to an open house. Or What, what would you say to somebody that's kind of on the fence about, well, I'm going to get involved and learn more about this? Or not? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We are all busy. Um, so, I, you know, we've said that in the past, too. Yeah. But I think the thing to keep in mind is that nothing is ours. It's all from God, right? Yeah. So even our time is God's time, and mm. it's totally worth it. So my encouragement and challenge to all of you is any of this is us fans. Anyone watch This Is Us? <laughs> big three. Um, big three Gs that we talk mm. about with this campaign yeah. is to gather grow and give. And from a gather perspective, think about coming to church and committing throughout the course of this campaign and just receiving what God is talking to you in your own heart and your own story. Um, but then we encourage you to check out the open houses. I don't know how many of you have come to church and been like, what's up? Nice to see you. Bye. And then you leave <laughs> and then you don't really talk to the people that you're sitting by. And there are a lot of people sitting around you that live in your community, live near you. I found Hope Des Moines people that live two houses from us. We yeah. didn't know until we had the open house. So right. we encourage you to gather and then be open to receiving God's word. We have a lot of resources through um, scripture and prayer time. And then finally, um, pray about what it can be like to give in this campaign. And again, it may look differently. Actually, it will look differently for each and every one of you. That's totally between you and God. And I can guarantee you, similar to us coming to Hope Des Moines, we wanted to help and then we were blessed I promise you it's the same way. You will go in, pray about it, and God will bless you immensely. And it's very freeing, and we love that experience, and we want that for all of you. Yeah, that's awesome. And Mike and Mimi would never say this, but they have done, as well as with Mark and Lori and our entire campaign team, they have done an incredible job. You see the display in the back. There's a lot of work that has gone uh, into this and the, the literally thousands of people that we're trying to reach with the vision of this campaign. And like I said, we didn't hire a professional marketing firm. Uh, we just hired these guys and pay them in pizza. Uh, and things like that, but uh, they've done a lot of work behind the scenes that has got us to this point where we're sharing this vision with you, and I'm so excited to have them uh, leading out on this uh, with us, as well as Mark and Lori that you'll hear from in a few weeks as well, and so they've done an incredible job, so we just thank God for Mike and Mimi and our entire team and what they're doing. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.
I love what they said is that this is for everybody. In this idea of gathering and growing and giving, that's really the heartbeat of this campaign. Think of it as less of a money drive and more setting aside the next four weeks. What if you did this? What if you set aside the next four weeks and simply said, God, what do you want to do in and through me? That's it. Nothing about money, nothing about your possessions, no numbers, no buildings. Just, God, what do you want to do in and through me? And I believe that God's going to bless that. Mimi referred to these three Gs that we're kind of tackling during the campaign of gathering and growing and giving. And that's not things we made up. It's straight out of the book of Acts. When we read about the early church, they have this, this desire to meet. It says every day they met in the temple courts. And so we want to encourage you to make weekly worship a priority the next three weeks. Next week, I'm going to share all about the vision of what we're going to use that new space for. We want to encourage you to come back every week, because if you come once or twice a month, you're going to miss half the vision. Every week's going to build on the next. We want to encourage you to make that a priority, but then they also met in each other's homes, and those open houses are where you're going to receive your your, uh, campaign packet that has all the information in it. There's more information uh, in the back, but we want to get this in as many hands as possible for you to hear about that. But then they grew. They grew in maturity. They grew in their faith. They grew in their prayer life. We're going to do something called Two at Two, which is kind of fun as well. Every day, starting tomorrow, every day at two o'clock, put it in your phones, put an alarm on, whatever. Every day at two at two, we're going to encourage the entire church to pause wherever you are all over the city and pray for two minutes. Two minutes of prayer at two o'clock. And if you really love Jesus, you could do 12 at 12. I mean, just, I'm just kidding. You can amp it up, right? Do what you feel comfortable with, but start with two at two. So they gathered, they grew, and finally they gave. When we read about the early church, here, I can't read the book of Acts and go, this, if this is not the most generous group of people that I've ever heard of, I don't know who is. What if Christians were known as the most generous people, not just with our money, but with our time and our talents to say, God, I'm all yours. And whatever you want to do in and through me, I'm fully available to you. It's our generosity. It's the generosity that the church was known for. And that's our desire for you as well. We want God to change your heart. And so commitment weekend, as we call it, is November 17th. Uh, and 18th. We really want to encourage you. It's going to be a big, uh, fun day. We're going to have some surprises along the way these next few weeks uh, as well. Your kids are participating in this and Hope Kids, our students, our young adults, every generation of the church is participating in this as well. Of course, you can give uh, at any time. There's a variety of ways uh, to give, but that is the weekend that all of this is kind of headed towards. And I believe that in the next four weeks, God wants to unify us so that he can send us on this mission together. I think about like all this idea that all of us are getting ready to be sent. All of us are getting ready to go on our mission. I was thinking about this idea of being sent this past week. My family and I were doing some traveling. Uh, it was the first time our kids had flown uh, in an airport. And so we're sitting there in the terminal, and we were, we were coming back, actually, uh, from the trip. And I, I, I don't know if you've ever been uh, at a gate in an airport at 7 a.m. It is not the most cheery place to be. If you want to get cheered up, don't go to an airport terminal. Everybody's a little tired. Everybody's a little cranky. And everybody's coming back from uh, at the, the gate that we were at. Everybody was going back to Des Moines from some nice, tropical, warm location, and then, okay, we're going to go back to Des Moines, and it's going to be November soon, and it's probably going to snow, and our lives are going to be over. And so everybody just kind of has this ho-hum mentality, and so they start calling off the gates. 
And people are just grumbling and complaining, and there's a delay because they got to clean the airplane. Everybody's like, oh, just kind of sauntering up there. And so, you know, now boarding, you know, gate or uh, zone number one. So they start calling off the zones. And it was like people are just like marching off to their, they're just like, oh, you know, back to Des Moines, back to ordinary life from our vacation, you know. And then they call, now boarding, zone number two. And everybody, the next group that goes up. And finally, they get to zone number three. Everybody's grumbling and complaining. And this entire time, I noticed that there was one little boy. I have no idea who he was, but he was just stoked. He was so excited to get on that airplane, and clearly he was in zone number three. Like, he could not contain himself, and so he was running around the chairs. Everybody is there, getting in people's way and giving people high fives, and then they said, now boarding zone number three, and I kid you not, this little boy jumps in front of, like, 150 passengers that are waiting to get on. Now boarding zone number three, and he jumps up, and he goes, that's me! That's me! The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 6, I love this. He says in Isaiah chapter 6, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And, and I said, Here I am. Send me. A prophetic voice from a little boy from an airport terminal. That's me! And what if that was all of our posture when it came to being sent on this mission that God is calling us to? This isn't just a giving campaign. This is about being a part of something that some churches maybe never get a chance to do or maybe once or twice in a generation is in front of you this week. And we don't want you to miss it. And so what if our posture and what if our attitude into going all in, not just with the campaign, but with Jesus, was to stand up and say, that's me, <laughs> When Jesus calls us to, to stand and have the same posture as this little boy and say, that's me. Back to where we started. Where did the dreamer go? Where did that little kid go that still lives inside of you somewhere that believed that God is big enough to do anything? Don't just look at the numbers don't just look at, oh, this is my current circumstance in life. We have a God that is able to do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. That's the God I'm choosing to place my faith in, not just the next four weeks, but for the future of this church. He's got it. There is nothing to worry about. We got nothing to prove and nothing to lose. This is God's church, and he's going to build it, and he invites us to come along for the ride. He said, your, your gate, your, your zone is calling. It's time to board. You're being sent on mission. And so when Jesus calls us to go all in with this campaign, we can respond the same way as the little boy and say, that's me. I think we need a little bit more. You're going to need to stand for this, all right? Some of you, God is, oh yeah, I mean really stand. Yeah, we're going to do all this together. Some of you are relatively new to the church and you're thinking, I'll just kind of let others do it and be a part of that campaign. But you know it's for everybody and so you can respond. That's me, right? And even if you're in a busy season and you're thinking, oh, this isn't really a good time for us right now and we got a lot going on, you know there's never a good season and God is calling you today and so you can respond. And some of you just kind of pop in and pop out and you're like, I'm here once in a while, but I'm just gonna kind of go and do my own thing. Maybe it's time to put your roots down and be a part of a church family and so that you can respond with everybody else and say, and some of you, God has blessed financially and for such a time as this, and you can respond, that's me. But some of you are not in a place to give, but you know that you can give of your time and your talents and you can serve and you can invite people to worship and you can respond, that's me and everybody can be involved. And we don't know how this whole thing is gonna work out. 
but we know that the God that has always provided will always continue to be there for us. And so we can move forward as a church and step forward in faith and say together, that's me, that's me, that's you, that's us. And we don't want you to miss out. Hope Des Moines is time to get on board. It's time to join the mission. It's time to see God do more than we could ever ask or imagine. It's time to dream again. And so we're gonna end by singing a song today called Greater Things that we've been learning the last few weeks. And I think you'll catch on. And just so you know, it's not very Lutheran to dance, but we're gonna buck the system here on this Reformation Sunday, okay? You are welcome to dance. It's biblical. And if it's in the Bible, it's Lutheran, okay? So you can do it, you can dance, and if a song says, I'm dancing to the, your rhythm, we should probably dance to the rhythm, okay? So let's put our hands together, and the team's going to lead us in worship, and let's worship God together. <laughs>